Welcome to the Josh Bolton Show, where we dive into interesting and inspiring conversations. And now, your host, Josh Bolton. But, uh, so in Cincinnati, like, um, where are you stationed at generally? So, um, I live north of the city, um, about 25 minutes, um, north, slightly east. Um, and I grew up here. Um, I lived in North Carolina for 12 years, um, kind of post-college and before, um, before kids and, uh, moved back here about eight years ago. So yeah, I do a lot of work in Cincinnati. Dayton is a nearby city, um, that I also do a lot of work in and then, um, a fair amount of virtual uh clients so not not everybody i work with is is in this area but yeah what about you where are you i'm near la okay um i'm about 30 minutes like south of la okay all right very good well then you're still having warm summer weather i'm guessing (laughs) yeah wait it's cold this week but the next week's gonna jump right back to like 100 105 okay yeah yeah there are times i sit here and i'm thinking like i should just move out of state it is way too high here yeah yeah did you grow up there though you said your mom is there okay yeah all right i grew up here yeah yeah well, there's good and bad everywhere. <laughs> As I've talked to different people, uh, especially with the show, they're like, yeah, because one of them lives out in um, Wyoming. I was like, oh, I hear oh. that's a great place. Like, he's like, yeah, for businesses, for people, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'm like, are we talking stereotypical, like, rednecks? He's like, he makes, the South is pretty civil compared to up here. And I'm like, oh, okay. we're talking Northern Idaho bad. Got it. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wyoming is still like the wild, wild uh, <laughs> territory, I think. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's like, um, but if you have an LLC, definitely form it here. I'll just put it that okay. way. That's good to know. Until right. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, so I'm just curious, uh, generally, so you do most of your stuff like 60% in person and like 40% online or what's the ratio you know, for you? Um, I would say it is more, um, it's probably about uh, 60 to 70 virtual. Um, okay. Even though a lot of my clients are in this area, um, the coaching um, piece, we do a lot of virtual because it's just more convenient. Like I don't necessarily need to be in the same room with my clients. Um, the uh, the speaking that I do um, locally is almost always now in person. Obviously during COVID, it was virtual. Yeah. Um, and that's starting to um, kind of spread beyond, um, beyond this area and and kind of move outside of, um, the greater Cincinnati region. So, um, but yeah, once I, you know, once I establish a relationship with a client, even if they, you know, I have a client who I could get to his office in 10 minutes, but most weeks we meet virtually, um, cause it's just more effective and efficient. And you yeah, know, <laughs> so. I'd say mostly business owners and managers. I'm, I'm assuming that's yes. predominantly your clientele. You got it. We're already always in front of the computer. So we might as well just uh, right, right. quickly click the link in the calendar and get, get to you her. Got it. You got it. Yeah. But it is great. I mean, when I do what, you know, we do, I am intentional about if I can meet with you in person, we'll do it from time to time just because it does really deepen the relationship. And, yeah. you know, it's, it just, you can't replace being across the table from, from someone. Yeah. The, especially the unseen, un, uh, measurable, like just the, the energy you can get yeah. somewhere like you can, yeah. it's silly to say you can fake it on zoom because they can't feel it. And they, right. They, but uh, I mean, there's still certain nuances, like your personality that bleeds through if you don't want it to. Right, right. But yeah, it's still there. It still feels like there's there's a barrier, right? Yeah. So um, I'm just curious, how long have you been a coach and like doing your ascend method? Yeah. So, um, well, I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years. Okay. Um, I started out doing a lot of hands-on, um, office organizing and working side by side with small business owners, um, from more of a, let's get your information organized. Let's work on, you know, calendar time management, let's document processes and um, procedures. And then in the last eight years, um, I've stepped m- much more into being coach and consultant. Um, and um, so the Ascend method, um, I've really re- I've been refining it, honestly, for the last, you know, 10 years, but kind of gave it its gave it its name and its um, 
official um, title this year, um, but it's the it's the methodology that I've been refining and using with clients for you know for the past eight to ten years. That's awesome. So you, um, they were in the beginning, I'm just from what the little I got, they were hiring you to help them organize their schedule and make procedures and all that. Yes. Yes. Pretty much like you come in, tell them everything wrong with the business, but then also say, (laughs) this is how you fix it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, it does. It starts with what's working well, what's not working well, what's missing. Um, and then kind of prioritizing, all right, the parts that are not working well and the parts that are missing, how do we want to um, get get this improved in, in the workflow and the team and the, you know, um, execution of your business? And then, yes, like unlike a consultant who will say like, okay, go do it. Um, I have always continued to support clients and, and kind of be the accountability partner and the um, you know the the uh, mastermind partner to help them with uh, implementing the changes that we identify and and you know improving the processes and kind of being a being a partner to them and and for them. Um, so most of my clients, you know, we I continue to work with them for many years. Sometimes you know more than one year, um, just kind of being that in a, in a sense, I had a client the other day who said, you know, you're kind of like my board of directors of, of one. <laughs> so, um, you know, just a, a second brain to and, and an outside perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can't always see our, our greatest faults, uh, ourselves. We, we need an extra set of eyes to, to help identify it. That's very true. It is. So I'm just curious then, um, when they retain you that long, do they pay you like a retainer fee or is it like the one lump sum baked in with that pricing? So, um, you know, I, it has evolved over the years. Um, and I typically work in 90 day increments with clients. Um, I don't know if you are a fan of like the 90 day year. Um, but a lot of people have told me that it's much easier just to work in quarterly uh, sections with people. So, Yeah. So yeah. So typically, you know, an engagement starts with either a three or a six month engagement based on how much support I know they're going to need up front. Um, and then when we get to that 90 or that 180 day mark, then we'll determine, okay, what progress have we made? What continues to be on the, um, you know, on the priority list? Um, and are we going to continue working together? And, you know, and then, I mean, I have a lot of clients that, um, Again, the ones that, you know, I've been working with for 18, 24 months um, that, you know, it just it, it just it, it's rolling until they if, if or when they they tell me they want to stop rolling. Um, but, yeah, we kind of look at things in a 90 day time frame uh, that um, feels really comfortable to the clients. It's nice and clean. It obviously you know matches up with how most people are running their business um, from a four quarter perspective. Um, so awesome. that's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. So I'm curious then. So like the coaching itself is probably one rate and it's the zoom, but if they like actually want you to come to their place and like observe for a week or two, I'm assuming the price goes way up for that. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if it's, if it's removing me from the um, day-to-day um, services with other clients, um, then yeah, that, that price comes at a premium for sure. Um, I mean, I don't, I, I typically don't have to spend, you know, five or, or 10 business days with a, with a client to, to really get a understanding of how things are, are working. Um, but yes, if I, if I come out to their, um, to their place of business and, and am on site, um, then, you know, I kind of have, sometimes I'll also, if a company already has like, Hey, typically we have a travel stipend and then a, you know, consultant, um, budget, you know, I'll kind of work with them on that. Um, but kind of separate out the, the travel component from the services. Okay, cool. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was just one of those, a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs, but especially like coaches and consultants, like you have told me, they're like, yeah, uh, how did the one man say it to me? He was like, I don't like going to clients businesses anymore. And he's like, because it becomes a whole headache and my assistant just hates me for it. He's like, so I charge him like 50 X. If they actually pick my 50 X and my rate, then it's hard to argue. Uh, Yeah. Right. It would be, it's, it's worth the inconvenience. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I'm scared to ask what your normal rate is. He's like, he's like, you don't want to (laughs) know. 
<laughs> I'm like, I do, but I don't at the same right, time. Right, right. <laughs> but um, honestly, I'm loving the energy. I'll uh, cut up the other stuff earlier. Uh, can you give us a little a more proper introduction of yourself? I sure can. So, so yeah, so my name is Elizabeth Galperin and I have a productivity, uh, business productivity coaching and consulting company, uh, kind of have uh, several different ways that I work with clients. So one-to-one business coaching, uh, and we're always working together through the lens of how can my client become a more productive individual and how can their business become more productive, therefore profitable. Uh, I also do a lot of speaking, whether it's keynote speaking for a conference, uh, perhaps a organization that's having a convention uh, and sometimes come in and, and do a half day or a full day training for an organization. And then also working with a company long term, more from a personal and professional development programming piece, uh, where I am working with entire teams or all employees, uh, and and typically uh, engage with them in those 90 day uh, cycles of time to train and then be supportive for implementation of new you know systems and strategies. And then also accountability. That's a really strong piece piece uh, that makes the work that I do have a lasting impression and a lasting impact is teaching uh, teaching my clients the value of accountability, the importance of accountability, and then being the accountability partner for them, either short-term or, or long-term. Um, as humans, we tend to think we can hold ourselves accountable best, uh, but in reality, we're our worst accountability partner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, there's many times I'm like, oh, I'm going to go hit the gym. And I get to the gym. I'm like, you know, Carl's Jr. sounds better. Right. Right. Exactly. And nobody's watching. Right. right. Nobody is necessarily going to be at home to give us the high five for working out. And no one's necessarily going to be at home judging us because we came home with the hamburger and fries. Right. Uh, and so it's just it's all in our head that we uh, that we struggle. Uh, and, um, yeah, as soon as we have somebody else that knows what our plan is, uh, we have much more of a incentive to stick with the plan and, and commit to, to the actions. Oh, hundred percent. Me and my one yeah. friend, uh, I was having trouble drinking water and she was too. So I'm like, Hey, how about we make it a game? I'm a very competitive person. I don't seem oh, like it, but yeah. I am. I'm like, if whoever drinks X amount of water by this time wins, the loser yes. owes that person five bucks. Yeah, uh, that it's great gamification, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a great tool to use, um, either on a small small scale like that, or even you know company wide. That's why a lot of companies do have you know rewards. I I talk with a lot of my clients about when when you're building a habit. Um, one of the pieces that we all need to include in that process is rewarding ourselves. Yes. Um, and so the idea of you know oh only kids need, you know, the gold star or need a, a, a prize, uh, adults, professionals, entrepreneurs, we all need that reward. Um, it's just, it just is, you, you got to make sure that the award, reward is in alignment with the goal. Right. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, using it with an accountability partner, uh, or with a team, um, it's a great way to, to get positive peer pressure to work to your advantage. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I'm curious for you, what are some of the situations um, that you you come into and you start applying your Ascend methods with? Yeah. So typically when I have a individual business owner who is looking for um, a, a coach and uh, for some support in becoming more productive, they are the number one word I hear them use is I am overwhelmed. Uh, I have so many things to do and not enough time to do it, right? Um, I want to hire help or bring in team, uh, but I don't feel like I even know how to hand over responsibilities or I'm terrible at delegation, you know, and I'm afraid that I'll hire someone and I'll still end up doing the work. So there's overwhelm, there's fear of letting go of some of the tasks and responsibilities, 
Um, and you know, oftentimes it's also a professional who they are still the master of their craft. They aren't necessarily, um, masterful in business acumen. (laughs) And so they're trying to figure out, you know, I'm a great architect, but how do I run an architect firm? Um, I'm a great massage therapist, but how do I open up a, you know, studio where um, I'm creating opportunity for five or six massage therapists and, you know, we're serving more people. So, um, so they're often looking for the guidance and advice to continue to be able to work in their business, but to have a better framework for how to work on the business. Um, because, you know, again, anybody that has been in business for more than a couple of days realizes that's that balance that's so hard to figure out. It really is. Yeah. So um, I'm just curious then, because you mentioned the massage therapist and that is, I actually know a friend that's doing it. She just okay. now <laughs> is getting the whole massage therapy. I told her to read uh, E-Myth and I said, yeah. look, at oh, as, yes. um, look at it as more of like a structure, you know, because uh, yep. he does it more for like storefronts and product, but I'm like, the same right. thing can apply for you. Right. And, um, but yeah, it was just one of those, I'm curious. So is what were with some of the clients, like let's say the massage therapist or hair salon thing that they would call you and say, what am I supposed to do? Um, so yeah, so I, and most of my clients are more service-based. So, uh, lawyers, accountants and CPAs, um, I have worked with a handful of, um, physical therapists or athletic trainers. Um, but again, most of my, most of my clients are more in that, um, service and, and not, um, so much, um, the product, uh, and, um, you know, yeah, they're coming to me saying, um, I know that I could be doing things more effectively, more efficiently. Um, but I, I, I realize that I need an outside perspective. I realize that I can't do it, um, on my own, or it's going to take too long to do it on my own. Uh, and so, you know, how, how can you help me? <laughs> and then that's where, you know, the first step is I call it, I call it a deep dive session. And it's where we do, um, peel back the layers, you know, um, and layer by layer, uh, figure out what's working well, what's not working well. Um, what is, you know, what goals have you set and how have you either accomplished them, not accomplished them, made progress, but not, you know, to the level that you want. So really getting an understanding of, they, every entrepreneur or business owner, they start with a big vision. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, but that sometimes they get lost in the day to day and they almost lose sight of the vision. (laughs) So getting back to, okay, that was the original vision. Is that still the direction you're going in? Um, and then like, I have a client that I work with now, And one of the most poignant things that we were able to accomplish in the first three months was really getting to his why, why he wants to have the accounting business. Um, And, you know, that it's, of course, it's about more than just helping people with their taxes and doing it ethically. Right. Right. Um, And so, you know, making sure if they haven't yet connected the vision and the why with their day to day um, operations, making sure that they see the connection um, so that on the days where you wake up and you don't quite have the immediate excitement um, or motivation, uh, you can tap into that and remember that, yeah, some of the, the day-to-day tasks, they they do feel a little boring or they do feel mundane or they don't feel like you're making a, a huge impact directly through that task, but being able to see the bigger picture um, and reminding them that, yeah, the little things that I'm doing day by day by day are getting me closer to the goals for the year, the big vision, and that they are in alignment with my why. That's the craziest part for me that I've kind of realized that, and, and I, I joke when I mean it in the best possible way, uh, that a lot of entrepreneurs will need people like you because they don't have the like well the kind sympathetic way of saying you're being an idiot. You're looking here when you're supposed to go here. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it's it's easy. You can either 
stay in that creative space, right. Of Mm -hmm. like just staying at that 10,000 foot view and not being able to get down into the details. Um, or you get buried in the details and you forget to see the forest for the trees. Um, and that's where, you know, just like I use this analogy all the time, you know, if you think about, um, athletes in the sports world, you Mm -hmm. know, nobody gets to the top on their own. They have so many mentors and they have guidance from coaches and they have specialized coaches and they have teammates. And, you know, so in the entrepreneurial world and in the business world, you know, oftentimes it's like, well, I I just have to do this my, on my own. Um, And that's, um, I mean, I think in a, in a way it's, it's like the American way, right? Like it's tough and it's hard and grind it out, (laughs) but that's not, that is not the path to, success. Uh, it's not the easy path or the yeah. uh, straightest path. Yeah. Well, what I tell people when they ask for advice, I'm like, well, first year, just bootstrap it. Cause you can't afford shit. So right. just right. bootstrap it, learn as much as you can. But when you start getting cash, don't pay yourself, just save enough for your taxes then pay someone else to figure it out. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. I mean, that if, if there's anything that I could go back and do differently, it would have been getting others to support me and help me sooner. Uh, I definitely had in the early years that mindset of, uh, well, I might not know it, but I can learn it. So I'll just put in all the extra, you know, blood, sweat and tears and learn it myself. Uh, and it would have been a much, uh, it would have been a much faster path to success if I had just been willing to uh, admit that I don't have to be great at everything. I get to be good at my, my area of, of skill set, And, and then I get to find people who are experts that will support me. Yeah. And that's, that's uh, kind of where I've gotten with people. Cause they're like, Oh, you talk to all these great coaches and this and that. And I, what I just told you earlier, what, that, that's it. That's, that's the secret sauce that people are willing to pay for. Yeah. Kind yeah. of thing. But um, I'm just curious for you, a hypothetical, have you worked with like warehouses or big um, com- like companies? I have worked with the office team of manufacturing organizations. Uh, okay. So that's interesting. Okay. It, yes. So here's the observation, a lot of uh, manufacturing and warehouse, uh, you know, they are very focused on the efficiencies on the floor, right? Yes. Um, whether it's, um, you know, there, there's so many different systems that, um, have to do with, um, with warehouse and, and, and that vein. But when you look at how their, um, their office is operating, (laughs) they're not prioritizing productivity, automation, efficiency, uh, nearly at the same level. And so that's been, I think when I realized that I could use the language of, um, of what they're focusing on in the warehouse and bring it into, Hey, if this is the values that you have for your team out on the floor for safety and certainly, you know, for efficiency, um, and for profitability, um, how do we use that same language up here in the office, even though we're talking about, you know, your computers and your paperwork and your (laughs) bills and, you know, so, um, but I, I have never gotten to, I've never tried to specialize in productivity from the sense of manufacturing and, and, um, getting into that, that portion of it. The only reason I asked is one of my uh, old stories. I, I accidentally gave consultancy without knowing it. I was working security, really long story short. Essentially, this one guy uh, had a tattoo on his neck of a gate with fire and demon spawn coming out of it. We'll call him Chuck. Chuck okay. was saying he wanted to break his leg instead of working one day here. And he's like, I'd, ra- I'd rather break my leg and be home for six months than work one day here. And I didn't realize it, but I'm like the, this one guy in a beat up Ford Ranger would always come. Uh, his name's Kirk. And, oh, he would, he would be like, oh, howdy, Josh, my howdy, Kirk. Joking about my knee, that see that badge of yours kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That was a security guard. And he's like, oh, well, that's why we pay you a lot of money. Uh-huh. I'm like, well, not me. I get pennies. But, uh, <laughs> right. uh, and that's where then after a while, a couple of days later, 
he shows up and that's where I saw Chuck and he walks by and he's like, Hey, you know, you're a very observant uh, security guard, well, person in general. Um, th- this warehouse is my baby. This is what got me where I am as a district manager, essentially the CEO of the region. And I, I immediately clicked. I'm like, Oh, wait, I just essentially made friends with the CEO of the region. Uh-huh. Interesting. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, why is my baby dying? I'm like, well, that, that guy with the tattoo, he's like, yeah, Chuck. I'm like, well, uh, Chuck rather wish pain for six months than one day here. Uh-huh. My so morale doesn't exist. And I said, I'm like, have, how long have you been like the, the overseer? He's like, Oh, like 15 years. I'm like, dude, you totally forgot what it's like to be in the trenches. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Said, That's yeah. That You see that a lot, right. When you've got layers and layers of management um, that they're, they're not in touch with what's happening um, in real time. Uh, and, and yeah, that's definitely where the culture fails. And that's where this essentially I told him like, dude, human nature, we like, that's why I brought up the gamification earlier. I'm like, dude, we love games. Even the most, the most non-competitive person, if you put something interesting in front of them, they'll do it. Got it. And that's where I said, uh, it sucks for, but W2 workers, a hundred bucks is actually kind of game changing. Can you afford to put like 500 bucks aside a week company or your money, whatever that part you can figure out. And he's like, Oh yeah, that's like two steak dinners. I'm like, I don't know where you go for two steak dinners, but I want to try this place. You're paying though. (laughs) I'll give you the rest of this advice. If I get the steak dinner (laughs) actually did at the end, it was funny. Uh, Um, That's great. But, um, Essentially, I told him like, yeah, put like the first prize, the most safest and productive, give him like 150 yes. bucks to like Amazon yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then like just to tear it down, like the fifth prize is like 50 bucks. It's still mm-hmm. good, but it's kind of like the, I could have done better right. in a month and a half. He just did that. I said, prior safety and efficiency. Yes. Okay. They were getting injuries like every four hours. That was that yeah. bad. Gosh. And they, for math's sake, they were producing like 200,000 units a day total in a 24 hour span okay. yeah for math's sake it's a dollar each if after my like just gamification i said and get them taco guys if they do a good job for the month like buy them a whole like feast mm-hmm. i said the amount of friends you'll make with that alone yeah they went from the laughing stock of the company to the highest producing company uh mm-hmm. warehouse and they were doing like a million two hundred thousand packages a day wow and that's where and- hmm? I mean, that's such a great example of it's just it's about your people, Mm -hmm. right? It wasn't like they bought new equipment or they trained people on like more technical skills. It was let's start treating your people um, like people more like people (laughs) and let's let's give them um, let's recognize them when they do something good. Yeah, it's it's it can be that simple. It was. And then I was just one of those. it was around Christmas time. So they, their productivity went up and all that. And uh, he bought the taco guy and I'm the security guard. So I'm sitting at my gate, no one's around. So I'm just watching TV on the company computer when I shouldn't have, but I'm like, it's Christmas. I don't want to be here. <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> and one of the, the, the boss himself came over and he's like, Oh, Josh, why aren't you getting food? I'm like, well, I'm not a warehouse worker. I'm just the guy making sure no trucks come in. He's like, yeah. no, you're the reason why we have all this. So come on. Mm. And all of them waited for me to go get food. And I was like, oh, thank you so oh, much. Wow. Oh, and then, um, so like the next day he comes over and he's like, all right, so how much do I owe you? And I'm like, mm-hmm. like joking, $10,000. It <laughs> was like big at the time. I'm like 10 grand. Now that I know all this stuff in hindsight, I'm like, shit, I should have charged him way more. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Really really, neat. Yeah. He just like looked at me like the, but okay, fine. I hear personal check. Just take it. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad he recognized that the idea came from you and, and that was the, uh, the catalyst. Right. Then, um, uh, through a series of events, uh, later on, this is much later in the storyline, but essentially, um, I had to get called into the office cause one of my supervisors tried to throw me under a literal truck. Mm. Um, and so he was interviewing me and that's where he comes in with the steak dinner <laughs> as they're oh, interviewing wow. me. And he's like, uh, he says, he's like, I'm pretty sure you're not coming back anytime soon after that. I'm like, no, <laughs> he tried wow. to kill me. I'm not coming back. Oh my gosh. So yeah, Whoa, they, you got they, some stories there, Josh. Oh, yeah, that, that <laughs> job alone. Gosh, I have a lot of stories. Um, but that, that's what sparked me on the, the whole path. I'm like, Oh, I wait, that was the easiest $10,000 I ever made. But I'm like, 
but it yeah. was simple observation. That's I'm, yeah. part of the subtle thing of starting this. But I want to talk to successful people who do this. Why was that so good? Yeah. Well, I think what what I take away from that too is um, it's not that you know coaches and consultants. It's not that we um, have this um, this you know, immeasurable, no one's ever thought of this before kind of um, advice. It's that we are that outside perspective looking in and it can be a simple suggestion, um, but it's, it's giving it at the right time. It's making sure that it's being received in the right way. Like, he could have been equally offended if you had delivered the suggestion in a different way. Right. And and I'm never going to do that. Um, So it's knowing, you know, what information to put in front of your client at the right time and how to deliver it. Um, And then um, when possible, helping to see it through with them. Right. Um, So it it isn't, you know, I'll often joke at a training, like this isn't brain science. It's not a lot of the ideas. Yeah. A lot of the ideas that I share are, they've been around for a long time. Um, But how do we apply it to your situation, um, to your people and, and make it um, applicable to your world. Right. hundred percent. So I'm just curious, let's hypothetical here. Um, Let's say I have a very good, successful um, law firm, but um, just everything's falling apart on the back end, like the billing, the, this, the, the customer service. Um, And let's say I I give you a call. What would be the first few steps you would do to help me figure this out? Yeah. Uh, So I would talk a little bit about, tell me when it was working you know, when it was successful, what was, what was happening, who was responsible, um, what was your size and kind of figure out what was the, um, breaking point where it went from good to to bad. Um, sometimes that is, oh, we grew too fast or we lost a critical person and they left with all this knowledge and the person that took over, you know, never, never gained the knowledge that, was needed. Um, so I would, you know, and, and sometimes it's a matter of interviewing multiple people, right? That's the right. other thing <laughs> is yeah. that, you know, you've got, he said, and she said, and then you got to figure out what's the actual truth. Okay. <laughs> so getting some different perspectives, talking to, you know, talking to some of the attorneys um, and finding out from their perspective, they might still, they might think things are working just fine. They might have no idea that there's a problem. Um, talking to, you know, the folks that are in, in the billing department, um, maybe they have some complaints about the actual software. Um, so is it a people problem? Is it a technology problem? Is it a systems problem? Maybe the information's not getting relayed the way it should from the attorneys who are doing the work to the, you know, data entry uh, team member who's putting the hours into the software to, you know, the bills being issued to the clients. So people problem, systems problem, technology problem, and kind of figure out maybe it's a little bit of everything. Um, okay. Go ahead. I was, I was just going to yeah. add on, like, as if I was the yeah. client, I'm like, well, everything yeah. was working fine. Um, well, the, the whole, if it was working, um, when was it working? Like, well, it was kind of always been a, a dog's breakfast, but like that's business though, kind of thing. So if, if I have the response of, well, it's always been that way, why are you doing it this way? Well, cause we've always done it this way. Mm-hmm. And my, my first job is helping them to see that, um, to get different results, we've got to do it differently. Right. right. Uh, so helping them to see that, well, if it's always been a problem, um, and now it's just more of a problem, um, what happens if we let it keep being a problem, what happens if we fix the problem? Um, how does that not only improve your bottom line, but what would be the positive domino effect? Your people would start being happier. The camarade, the culture would start being more positive. Um, your reputation might improve. So kind of help paint the picture, right? Of, okay, right. let's, if we make some, some changes, how is that going to improve this one department? And then how might it improve outside of that? Um, helping them go from um, to hopeless to hopeful, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> and then finding out, okay, who needs to be a part of solving the problem? 
Um, because that's another piece too, is um, making sure that if my client is the law firm, then I need to make sure that I have buy-in from the right people. It can't right. just be one person who is going to carry the weight of, of working with me to try to find a solution. Um, so, you know, some of the, the decision makers need to be a part of the solution. Um, and and I, there's typically, you know, a, a number of people that will be able to give insight to contribute to, all right, now we've got a new plan to put into place. Who's going to lead that plan? Who's going to be a part of that plan? Um, and then ha- who's going to help sustain that new plan. Um, so making sure that we've got a team approach to solving things and that we've got team buy-in. That's awesome. Yeah, that's very important. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the person that might be calling you is the person that, that realizes it's a problem, but they have no pull in the company. Yes, yes. Yeah. So. And I mean, that happens sometimes, you know, sometimes when I'm out networking, you know, I'll, I'll talk to somebody. In fact, young lawyers, Oftentimes they'll say, you know, the the partner that runs our um, our law practice would could 100 percent use your help. Um, But I've never seen them be open to outside support Um, or, you know, so so oftentimes, yeah, there's, you know, the the newer employees or the more of the doers. um, They see the problems, um, but they don't always have the decision making power to to help solve the problems. So I'm just hypothetical side tangent. Yeah. When you're in that circumstance with that uh, that lawyer and he says, I, I see a use for you, but I, um, I have no pull. Mm-hmm. Would you pursue the um, the head guy and like talk to him in network or was it because like he has like after a call or two, you, even you were like, oh, wait, this is not going to work. Or do you, um, okay, I'm asking like three questions at once. Um, <laughs> as the first one, would you actually pursue that to see where it goes? Yeah. So I would, um, I would, a lot of times I'll start with, well, do you think that does your, your firm in this case, does your firm ever do lunch and learns? That's a great way for me to come in and say like, Hey, I'll do a 60 minute training on um, improving personal productivity as a lawyer or, you know, something specific to their industry um, to um, potentially open you know, open the door a little uh, crack um, and start with something that is um, more of a general support to the firm, right? Um, Sometimes that's a great way to get the decision maker to start to know me, maybe start to like me. Eventually, the goal, right, is that they trust me enough to say, okay, I do see how you can help. Um, so sometimes I'll suggest that or, yeah, I'll say, well, do you think that your, you know, do you think that the partner would be uh, interested in meeting me uh, simply to learn more about what I do, you know? And so I, I kind of have to gauge the relationship between the um, the employee and the decision maker. Um, of course, um, you know, if, if they're not comfortable making the introduction, I don't pursue that. Um, right. and, um, and, you know, uh, the, the reality of business for most of us, especially that are more service-based as much as we want our clients to come to us from a more proactive perspective, they're almost always coming when the pain has gotten to the point that they can't handle it any longer. Right. right? <laughs> and so sometimes it's just a matter of, well, Hey, keep my name around. And if it gets to the point where you do see your boss or your colleague saying, I think I need some help. There's your opportunity to, to let them know that, Hey, I know somebody who can help. Um, and you know, there's, I, I've learned a lot about, uh, buyers, right. You've got now buyers and you've got later buyers. Um, and, and typically the percentage of now buyers is much smaller than your later buyers. So it's just staying, staying present, staying visible, being a resource. You know, I might say, well, Hey, do you think they'd want to be on my newsletter or, you know, something, um, casual like that? Hey, maybe I'll connect with them on LinkedIn. Um, and just say, Hey, I know your associate, Tom um, would love to be connected with you on LinkedIn. And then all of a sudden they start to see some of my content. 
my marketing approach is always um, to educate and provide valuable information. Uh, and so that's, you know, one way to get on someone's radar. Um, but it's, you know, I, in the 15 years that I've been running business, I've learned that what I talk about and how I market and who I meet now, uh, are the people that may become my clients months or years later. Um, and so it's a, it's a long game. Oh yeah, it is. Especially in the service <laughs> industry, man. Yes. Uh, yeah. The some of the stuff, um, well, just the horror stories I've seen. Uh, one person was like, "Oh, I'm gonna quit and go full time coach," and I was like, "Okay, I'm not gonna try to shoot you down, but do you have anyone lined up?" And he's like, "No, they just come to me." I'm like, "Maybe one or two customers in the scheme of whatever, uh, but that's not gonna be everything." Yeah, yeah, it's it's a long runway for sure particularly in the coaching and consulting, um, you know, you're, you're asking someone to invest a lot of time, a lot of money and to get vulnerable with you. Right. Right. You're, you're seeing behind the scenes. Um, and so that's not a quick decision that people will make, um, nor should it be right. It is. It's, it's a, um, yeah, because there's, there's so many complexities because you're dealing with the ego, the psyche, this, um, maybe in admitting that they need help, they feel inferior mm-hmm. kind of thing. Is it that old mindset? Oh, if I ask for help, I'm right. a, I'm a weak person kind of thing. Right. And, uh, yeah. so you have to like coax them like, no, this actually shows that you're stronger kind of thing. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's where I like to use the sports analogies <laughs> because I think sometimes that helps people see like, oh, you're right. You know, Elon Musk surrounds himself with brilliant people. He's not the only brilliant mind, right? Um, the reason that, you know, Bill Gates got to where he is, um, is he didn't climb that ladder himself. Um, and, you know, LeBron James is not one of the greatest of all time because he coached himself throughout his career. Um, he would never be where he is uh, without the support that he put into place. Um, so, you know, why, why would you be any different? as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. Right. Yeah. It was, um, one of the analogies that gave someone, uh, cause they were asking how, uh, it was a coach trying to get clients. And I was like, you know, I said, kind of like you, when you first started this, like, do you have an avatar? Can you say this person without ever saying their name? And I can immediately be like, that's Jenny kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, it's just, I want to help everyone. I'm like, mm, not right now. You want to help a very, very, very specific group of people. Once you establish that and conquer as much as you can, kind of like warfare, uh, you got to expand a little, test that, then expand a little. Yeah. So that's where um, she was actually one of my guests and we were just doing strategy calls and I, um, she finally broke it down and just said, Josh, I'll like, can you just draw me up? an avatar i'm like sure give me a week because that's like to be honest i actually don't know what my avatar is so i have to figure out mine modify it for yours yeah well and it's it's ever changing too i mean it's Mm -hmm. funny you bring that up because i'm getting ready to start working with uh someone who's going to help me with content strategy and just this morning i was going through her pre work. And one of the, you know, one of the questions is, you know, who, who do you specifically work with or who are your customers? And, um, you know, it's, I'm much more clear now than I was Mm -hmm. two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, but it gives me pause to say, all right, it's a good time to ask myself this question and to make sure that I'm not just giving a default answer that was me 24 months ago, but that isn't the the business now. Um, So I think those are questions that you want to always be, maybe not always, but you know, you're on a regular basis that you're revisiting, um, who has my avatar been and is that still my avatar or am I adding some characteristics? Am I changing some characteristics? Cause ideally your business is ever evolving. You as yes. the leader are evolving. And so who you serve best is going to evolve. Right. Right. And, yeah. that, and that's kind of what I was telling her. And uh, yeah. you did it in a much more elegant way. I was just kind of like, <laughs> especially in the service industry, it is brutal. Um, it is a winner take all situation in most cases. And I'm like, uh, so I sort of told her, I'm like, I would recommend for you because she's very logical. 
mm-hmm. nothing bad. It was just like how she approaches very illogical. Yeah. Log- I felt like I said something else. Um, but, uh, and I told her, I said, you want someone that is, I said, hypothetically just throwing it out there. You want someone that's athletic background has usually a family. Cause that means they got a knuckle down, um, re- makes at least anywhere from 90 to 120 K a year. So they can afford paying you the six to $800 a month and it won't break them. Um, I said for the parenting side, you want like, a, a so you can add religion if you want. It doesn't really change anything. A, a church going family, uh, kids, I said, my little, my joke is two dogs, uh, two fish and half a lizard. <laughs> right. Like two and a half children. Right. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> and, uh, that's just like all that I said. Now, did anyone I did in explain that? Did anyone in your life just pop up? She's like, yeah, John, so-and-so yes. uh, over the way. And she's like, wait, what did you just do? I'm like, that is, <laughs> it works. It works. <laughs> you prove that it works. Yeah. I told her, I'm like, I never said, John, you figured right. that one out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a networking group. And, uh, one of the things that we do every week is we have a specific ask and, uh, you know, we will, you don't get in trouble, but you get reminded if you say, you know, my ask this week is anyone who, anyone who owns a business and might need some support planning their goals. Well, nobody thinks of anyone if I say that, but if I said, my ask is a, lawyer who is a partner at a firm in downtown Cincinnati, who has a team of 10 or fewer lawyers, like, right, the more specific I get, um, then the more immediately someone will say, Oh, yeah, john, he's my neighbor. And he just became partner at such and such law firm, I can introduce you to him. I never thought of introducing you to him before. But that makes perfect sense. Uh, So it is the, the niches or the riches are in the niches, right? And that's where like, I'm trying to learn like YouTube and uh, revamp my show. I'm still yeah. going to do interviews, but that's the biggest yeah. one. I, I've, <laughs> I joke, been joking with a lot of my coworkers. I'm like, I've been buying so many Udemy classes about YouTube and this and that. <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm like, oh, sorry. Yeah. You don't guys care about business. Never mind. <laughs> they're not, they're not, they don't share that same passion as you, huh? <laughs> yeah. And that's where one of them's like, how is Udemy good? I'm like, actually, it's not bad. I said, I always yeah. wait for everything's on sale. So the $200 course I pick up for like 16 bucks. Right. Right. Yeah. But gosh, there's so many things, anything you want to learn. It's there. Find it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, that was, it's just one of those, um, it's, it's tying back that the courses to the one lady. I said, yeah, I would, I said, cause she's, listen, I'm actually asking in a different way. So the client I was working with and helping, uh, I could not adjust her marketing. Okay. So she's spending anywhere from 600 to $800 a month generating no leads whatsoever. And I was asking her, I was like, do you have it set to your followers on Facebook or do you have it set to like someone like Tony Robbins? Mm-hmm. Should you can do that. I'm like, you have it set to your followers. Cause if it's automatic, it's your followers. I'm like, yeah. you need to cut all that money now, like quick. Cause yeah. And yeah, she wouldn't listen into, to me. into the wrong pot. <laughs> and she wouldn't listen to me. She's like, you don't know anything about ads. I'm like, I know enough to realize that you're doing the wrong one. Yeah. Yeah. Did you tell her to go watch a Udemy? Uh, oh, that's where I said, watch a Udemy. Go buy. <laughs> if you're going to spend $500, go get a $25 course on Facebook ads. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, she, that's talk about an area where you should outsource to an expert. Yeah. I mean, that's where I was like, I know. To stay, yeah. Informed on that is. And I told her, I'm like, no. the problem with Facebook, like it's always changing. Mm-hmm. You think yeah. maybe this week, oh, it's going to work next week. And then yeah, it's Facebook just has week. a weird tantrum and then that it doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't play in the game of Facebook ads. Um, yeah. Luckily I haven't, haven't needed to. So it's a whole other. See, most of it's your word of mouth from referrals. Yes. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And LinkedIn, um, LinkedIn is a great place uh, for me. Again, I don't do cold connecting on LinkedIn. Oh, so you're not like Gary Vee where message a hundred people every day on right. like LinkedIn? Nope. nope. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've certainly gotten a couple of, Hey, I saw, you know, my contact 
Angela shared your post. I haven't talked to her about you yet, but I'm interested, you know, so it's, it's still kind of, um, who, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but a little bit less direct of word of mouth. Um, but, but I find that, um, LinkedIn is, is a great place that I can organically spread my, um, my reach, my expand my reach. Most people on LinkedIn are very business-minded or professionally going in. It's not like Instagram or YouTube where you're going into just entertainment kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't, it's like, I don't want to think I just want to laugh kind of thing. Yes. That's the the biggest one I've noticed with LinkedIn. It's like people that actually are on it. They're like, okay, like this is business. I gotta be on still. And then once I'm off, I can, I can slow down. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm still trying to figure out the LinkedIn thing because I'm like, <laughs> I post, <laughs> I have all these powerful connections, but I'm like, I'm just like a, a night shift Jenner guy with a podcast. Like, I don't do anything <laughs> interesting. Yeah, you do. You do a podcast. That's there's a lot of people in the world that have the idea and haven't done it. Yeah, so you're, that elevates you for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't want to hold you up too long. Um, is there anything specific that I might have missed that you want to go over? Um, do you want me to give you the top level view of the Ascend method? Yes. Okay. All right. So the Ascend method is, I call it the the six fundamentals or the foundational like skills and strategies that help a any individual, but largely professionals and business owners and business leaders uh, to really hone in on the fastest way to achieve greater productivity. Uh, so it's an acronym. Um, so I'll I'll go through the, the six components. So the A represents advocate for self. And that's really about how are you carving out time for yourself and taking care of yourself mentally, physically, um, you know, mind, body, spirit, making sure particularly for those who are in that entrepreneurial or in that bootstrapping stage that you are not compromising your own needs, um, your sleep, your nutrition um, for the business, because that will lead to burnout, which will therefore lead to your business not making it. Um, so advocating for self, taking care of yourself, um, making sure that you know you put your oxygen mask on you first before anyone else <laughs> in the cabin. Um, the S is about simplifying your focus, not trying to multitask all day long, not trying to have 100 um, irons in the fire at once. Uh, it is proven that when we can unite task, that we will get things done more quickly more accurately, more thoroughly. And unfortunately, we live in a world right now where it's so easy to multitask because we're bombarded with information and people's needs and distractions. And um, so that's a a muscle that um, has atrophied for a lot of individuals. Um, So learning to singular focus. Um, The C is about communicating boundaries, um, being uh, empowered enough to tell individuals what you need, uh, when you're available, you know, making sure that as you're starting a business or if you're customer, um, service, uh, based that, that does not mean that you're available at any time to anyone that you're holding boundaries and that you're making it clear how you can best serve the client, um, how you're going to communicate with your client, or if it's in a team situation, how you're going to support team, but not do the work for team. Um, so making sure that you've got good boundaries um, in place um, that are healthy for both or for all parties involved, right? Uh, the uh, Where am I? A... S-C-E. The E is eliminating distractions and interruptions. Um, This is as easy as turning off all of those pop-up notifications, closing out your inbox, you know, working offline, um, not having the TV or the radio or podcasts on all the time. Uh, We spend so much time in input mode where we're listening and we're learning and we're consuming. Um, and, um, and we allow that to pull us in so many different directions, um, and not necessarily, uh, 
take the time to say, what is most important to me? Uh, How can I close out some of the outside world so that I can move forward my priorities so that Mm -hmm. I can complete, you know, my project. um, And so that I don't have to um, jump every time I hear a sound, um, a buzz or a, you know, ping um, on our, on our software. Um, So eliminate those distractions and interruptions that you have control over. Um, The N is about, uh, it stands for navigating your priorities. This is about being proactive. You have to take time to plan your work and then you go work the plan, right? We need to start each day knowing what's critical for us to spend our time on and what's maybe, you know, nice to accomplish if time allows. Um, Making sure that at the beginning of the week or the beginning of the month, it's really clear what activities are going to have your greatest return on investment of time and energy. Um, So making sure that you're not starting each day reactive, wondering, you know, what fires do I have to put out? What emails do I have to respond to? Um, Starting out with a plan in place. And then the D is developing systems. So once you've got these personal habits and routines in place, then how do you start putting systems into place for your business? Um, Systems are, you know, about being able to do things the same way uh, repeatedly so that it starts to take less time. You start doing it better. Um, You're consistent from a customer perspective or a vendor perspective. Um, It's predictable for those that you work with. I mean, it it helps to establish your brand. Um, So developing systems that uh, support the team, they support you, and ultimately they support the the business and and the consumers of your product or, or service. So that is the ascend method. And that's what I walk my clients through um, on, you know, a personal level and then into their business. That's awesome. I really like the eliminating distractions part. Yes. That, that is the biggest one I've come across. Well, just even normal people, they're, yeah. they're so distracted. The statistic right now, okay. I have, I do, you know, I, every couple of months I go through statistics that I use in my trainings and make sure that they're current and, and accurate. And, um, the statistic used to be that the average American worker gets distracted or interrupted every 11 minutes. It is now every three minutes. Mm-hmm. So if you think about an eight hour day um, and getting distracted about, even if we said every five minutes, you know, think that's like start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. It's exhausting. It's exhausting for your brain. It's exhausting for your body. Um, And nobody can get quality work done in three to five minute spurts. Right. Um, And a lot of that is uh, our own doing. You know, just put the phone away, flip it up, you know, upside down so you can't see the screen. Right. Like um, obviously or, like set it, yeah. uh, your notifications, like if mom or sister calls, they're the yes. priority. Yeah. But they, you don't they, need all the others. Yeah. The, yeah. The, they get the notification. Everyone else is muted, muted kind of thing. Yeah. Or, you know, like right now, like I close my inbox, you know, I don't need to see it if an email comes in for an hour that I'm in an important conversation. I'll go and respond to that later today. Um, I'm not, you know, no one's life is hanging um, in the, in the threads the because yeah. I'm not on my inbox. So that's a really, that's a, that's a big game changer. Really uh, most people don't realize how often it's happening until you start observing it. Um, so that's a good, that's a good challenge to the listeners just, it is. you know, throughout the rest of your day, pay attention to how many times you either your mind wanders and that's kind of an internal distraction, or there's something in your environment that externally interrupts you. Um, and just start to pay attention to who can I, can I minimize that one? Can I eliminate that one? If I go to a different part of the house or a different part of the office, can I, you know, get some more uninterrupted time? There's a lot that we can manipulate and, and reduce the, the number of distractions and interruptions for sure. Well, you heard the lady stop getting distracted, everyone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You'll, uh, you can thank me later. <laughs> shoot her an email which, if she's not on the podcast. Uh, absolute honor and a pleasure to have you on. Oh, great.
great. I enjoyed our conversation and I hope that um, hope that there's some good uh, golden nuggets in there that will help people uh, be able to, to make some small changes uh, for how they're running their running their day and running their life and, and finding a, a next level of uh, productivity. Oh, there was so many nuggets of value in there. It's like good. We could go through another hour just explaining it all. <laughs> uh, well, unfortunately, have... I'm going to get interrupted by my children in about ten minutes. So yeah, we got soccer, so we got to go. <laughs> That's right. All right, have a well, safe one. Thank you. Yeah, will you send me an email when um, the podcast is? Well, congratulations, you made it to the end. You're a awesome person. Not many make it here, so. Being the awesome person that you are, can you do me one more awesome favor? Can you rate and review this on whatever podcast uh, services you're using? Um, app, if you do it on Apple uh, and you leave an actual written review, um, I have a thing on my website. I will take your written review and post it for all to see. Congratulations. You're permanently sealed on my site. Otherwise, um, I am trying to do YouTube more and live streaming. Um, I will try to put as many of the YouTube links in the description of the show as I can. So give your boy uh, some extra help over on um, YouTube. Watch my videos. I, mean, I just mute it and change the channel, <laughs> change the, the window or something. But yeah, um, that's it. Thank you for being awesome and see you next time.